Welcome to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern, the radio show for entrepreneurs and business owners, leaders, and dreamers. Learn more at newsradioklbj.com and onemanbrandradio.com. Now, here's Ray. Voice of the entrepreneur is One Man Brand Radio. We're here on News Radio KLBJ. Shine in the spotlight on some of the unsung entrepreneurs that you might run into around South by Southwest. And Flatstock has become this worldwide sensation. And we've got Billy Perkins, the local poster artist who's not only done work for the likes of Cheech and Chong and Bernie Sanders for one of your great posters that I love that you, you had out last year, that people were going crazy for that last year, but a lot of stuff, not just here in Austin, for the Austin music venues and for like Fun 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 Fest, you've done a lot of, of very marquee events here, but you do poster art for bands and for promoters and events and concerts really around the world. And I'm curious, Billy, we were talking about collaboration and boy, that's a slippery slope. When it's hitting on all cylinders, it's a beautiful thing, but sometimes it's clunky and awkward and frustrating and what's your experience like for in that regard of all the different kinds of people you have to collaborate with to, to do what you do you know there's two different ways you can look at that there are clients who want to present their own ideas and and have you render them there are also other artists that i might collaborate with on like one piece for myself i've kind of found that collaboration is probably really similar to writing a song with someone if you're a musician if that chemistry just doesn't click, you know, you might end up with something like Lou Reed and Metallica. I've found that it's about expectations and it's about clarity up front. You know, if you can get clear with what is expected of you and what you can expect sure. of others, and if everybody's on the same page with the vision, as long as you're clear up front, for me, my experience anyway, it's been easier. But sometimes you're collaborating with business types. Sometimes you're collaborating with more artistic types, artists. Sure. What's the difference there? Well, there's respect <laughs> when I'm collaborating with, with another designer whose work that I've already seen and I respect. What I try to tell my business clients that I'm doing work for is that I feel like personally that I'm at my best when I can start with a blank piece of paper and brainstorm myself and come up with what we're going to do myself or at least brainstorm with them rather than have them do it at home and then have, think they have it figured out and then they want me to draw like a real detailed map of something or something that's really not in my comfort zone or, or something I probably wouldn't have thought of. And in that case, I'm just hands that are rendering someone else's idea. I don't have as much fun with it that way, first of all. And, you know, if you're having fun doing what you're doing, you're going to be giving it your A game. So I try to keep the situation so that when this piece is done, that I can truly say that it. It came out of my head. It's my invention, my creation, and it's always cool if other people have their input. I mean, they are paying me, but I do try to stress to them that, like, if you want me at my best, I'm, I like to do some of the thinking. So you brought me a couple of awesome samples of, of your work. One is the aforementioned uh, Feel the Burn poster with Cheech and Chong that maybe I'm not paying attention, but if, if I think of your work, and, and I know you've done a ton of stuff, but I'm thinking of that most recently because it was just such a, captured the zeitgeist and it was just all about it at South by South. People were lined up around your booth there to get them and get them signed last year. And But I'm also thinking of the work that you've done for the Austin Music Awards, which is substantial. Would I be correct in saying those are your two most high profile works that people around here have seen? Recently? No, I don't, I, don't, I don't think that would be correct. Um, I'm trying to think of what band wise, you know, would be Probably my most well-known work that gets bootlegged worldwide is a poster I did for the movie The Good, The Bad, and The Ugly for Mondo 
for Alamo Draft House back in 2007. Mm-hmm. I wish everything I did could be as popular as that. And, you know, the movie buying fans are a whole different genre than the the rock poster bands. You know, we had Tim Lee on a couple of weeks ago on the show, and he was talking about how the different aspects of that, whether it's Mondo or, or Birth Movies, Death, and all the different things they've got going on in addition to the, you know, Fantastic Fest on and on and on, in addition to the Draft House, they all kind of supplement one another. Yeah, and we're all kind of part of the same community. It's all, most of it's screen printed, and so there's a, a really strong sense of community between screen printers and artists and movie buying fans and music poster buying fans and bands whose album covers we design and posters we design and band logos we design and it's a really great network to be in you know i think sometimes you know why in the world am i freelancing because it's like a roller coaster sometimes you know but it's a labor of love absolutely 100 percent. it does pay and put corn nuts on the table mm-hmm. <laughs> and um <laughs> I mean, when life is all said and done, I kind of feel like I've done something right if I've enjoyed every second. Well, not every second. You've got to do Most what you of, love of the and, work and make that a living I, that I do, and, yeah. and, and I get to you know be involved in the music community in whatever capacity I can squeeze my way into it. I'm proud, you know? I'm proud to look back and see this colorful body of work and to say that I've done work for Van Halen and Slayer and Cheap Trick. Talk business with me for a second, because this is a radio show for entrepreneurs, for business owners, leaders, dreamers, anybody who wants to be your own boss, right? And that's what you've done. You've been lucky enough and dedicated enough to become your own boss. What's the secret of taking your art and making it your commerce? Man, it's marketing. It's networking, marketing. And I mean, there's a lot of hours that go into that part of it. That's a completely separate side of the brain from where most artists, including myself, dwell. So is that hard for you? For me, not so much because I can talk to people and, you know, I enjoy talking to bosses and supervisors and people who I want to sell myself to, to, to get their work. You know, if I get to sit down in front of someone in person, it's a lot easier than the sterility of communicating simply by email or, or even on the phone. I want to ask you about your most commercially successful piece. That would be the good, the bad, and the ugly piece. Why? Because of what it is. It was a triptych featuring all three the main actors' faces. Originally, it was a tribute to Sergio Leone, so my challenge as a designer was to try to capture some of the cinematography from that movie. But that movie has such mass appeal among generations that people have sent me pictures of it framed. They all want one for their dad. What's it like when you come back after you've created something, you look at it several years like this, where now a few years later and it's several hundred bucks to buy one online? I don't really look at that stuff, but I'm still just as proud of it. I mean, I, I, I like the fact that one of these days I'll be able to look back and see this big body of work. I mean, just to stay on top of bills in Austin, Texas in 2017, with the cost of living being what it is, requires an artist to stay very busy. I get up early, I start early, work late, and if anyone is listening to this and you think you want to be a freelance artist and you're going to do it with an eight-hour day, (laughs) I would say that's not going to happen. (laughs) 
All right, Billy, we'll get you out of here on this. If people want to learn more about what's going on at Flatstock or how they can find you online and see your collection, give us uh, the coordinates so people can see your work even after the festival if they're hearing this online. Me online, I'm on Facebook, and I have a website that's going to be launched soon. It's billyperkinsart.com but uh, not launched just yet. And Billy, correct me if I'm wrong here, but the easiest way to find you on Facebook, real easy to find you on Facebook. Yeah, you can talk to me directly, and uh, and I'll let you know when the website's up that way. Excellent. Billy Perkins, my guest this morning on One Man Brand Radio. Thanks for being here for the show, bud. Thank you, sir. Listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. So, I am doing a recap of people who I bumped into at South by Southwest, and we're joined by Quentin Thomas Oliver, Pony Trap, made a big splash at South by Southwest for the second year. This go round, not only being involved with what is essentially South by Southwest's what makers fare on adrenaline right on steroids <laughs> yeah, right i was gonna say on crack it's not really on crack no it's on steroids though i would go with steroids gigantic makers fair called south by southwest create yes. and you also played a huge party for national geographic yeah that was exciting this is one year after npr's raving about you everybody's raving about you south by southwest been better better good to pony trap this is absolutely true. You know, I as a longtime Austinite, I'm a huge fan of South by Southwest. It's always been a great opportunity for us, and I, I love it. So to the uninitiated, to, to people who don't know who Pony Trap is, it's kind of an interesting thing. And, and I've known you playing in bands through the years and for my history doing music radio. But the interesting thing about Pony Trap is it blurs the distinction between classic musical performance and maybe performance art. Oh, yeah, and there's a 12-foot robot involved. <laughs> <laughs> or multiple robots. <laughs> there are multiple robots. Yeah, we've got uh, three big, pretty loud machines going all at the same time. And one of them is a big 12-foot guy uh, that we call Dot Man. But yeah, our kind of our deal is this exploration of this. My wife plays cello and I play viola and we're working on these uh, 400-year-old acoustic instruments. And then with that, we're playing this whatever it is we're doing, the sort of, you know, modern tribal industrial kind of thing with uh, with robots. Now, the big thing, you got on the map with NPR last year. I, we were actually hanging out. You and I had gone around and seen some bands, and then the next day, because we're, we're old friends from back in the day, yeah, yeah. and it just was kind of this weird bump into, hey, let's go see a couple of bands, right? And then the next day, I'm walking down on 6th Street during the day, and you're there with your robots. Yes. And it turns out NPR is there, and a, a bunch of people are there, and they, and they kind of uh, stumble across pony trap for the first time what is it about the band that uh, appeals to people or so interesting to people i you know what we're doing is just really different and sure every you know everybody wants to think that what they're doing is different and we're all just kind of trying our best to make art but what we're doing is sort of explosively different in that you know i I have this 12 foot tall robot man that plays drums he's also battery powered and i can just take him around and that was worth a whole lot last year as I was kind of you know dragging uh, dragging this big robot down the street and NPR just was like whoa 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 whoa, whoa hold on here. hold on a minute <laughs> and talk to me about that and there's a bunch of things about the machine that I'm just really proud of it actually reads music so when we write these tunes out we're writing out 
complicated things and we're writing them all out in written pitch and the and the robots can read that and turn it into music right on the fly and it's just it's a real visceral it's real physical they play loud enough that you can you know kind of feel it and you can see what's happening and it's just a kind of a weird and hopefully awesome thing it's a spectacle to behold spectacle this is one man brand radio quentin thomas oliver of pony trap is here so i'm trying to wrap my head around this still is pony Trap? let me get them all the possibilities out here and you tell me is pony trap a band is it a science project is it an art installation is it uh, a business what what is it all those Yes. <laughs> At its core, it's a band. Knowing each other for so long, you know, I used to be a bass player in rock and roll bands, and mm-hmm. that was a, a thing that I, I really enjoyed doing. It's really, music has been core to kind of how I felt I fit in the world for almost my whole life. Mm-hmm. At the end of that kind of rock and roll thing, for me, I just started really getting into classical music, and I got this thought. I wanted to, to learn how to play the viola, and I had this idea from day one of this kind of heavy but acoustic music that I wanted to make. And I, I started studying the viola and got more serious about that. And it actually has really kind of led my life down this, this path. I ended up getting a music degree and making my living playing in orchestras. And I make my living still as a, as a violist, as a classical mm-hmm. musician in a lot of ways. And all the while, this project is kind of growing and changing and, and becoming what it is. But at its core, it's music. So when I gave you the laundry list, when I got to business, you said yes. And of course, it's a business radio show, one-man brand radio, voice of the entrepreneur. And, you know, it's a thing in the U.S., the mom and pop business. And you and your wife, Hillary Thomas Oliver, are, are partners on that. Tell me what that's like, where this is your creation and it's also your life partner tangled up in all of it. Uh, it's really amazing. We get along great, and we play well together <laughs> musically and, and personally, and it's really been a joy. You know, when we travel to shows and do things together, it's just a lot of fun, and it's easy, and that's a, a nice kind of partnership to have. And the way we've sort of set ourselves up is we have these very complementary sets of skills. She's a writer, and I'm a trained musician, and it puts our entity together in a really nice way. So there's a certain energy of collaboration when it comes to, we could say, composing. For Sure. Okay. Yeah. Songwriting, composing, whatever. And there's a different energy involved in the collaboration that presents the music. Contrast those for me with you guys. Well, one of the things that, that we have to do right off the bat is understand that, that what we're reading is writing and that what we're putting together is going to be hard form. One of the things the robots don't do is improvise. Right. So as we're coming up with ideas and sort of riffing ideas together, largely I'll come up with a, a couple of lines and I'll sort of bounce them off Hillary and we'll see what it makes sense for her to play with the cello. And then as we're building that, what we end up doing is very much a compositional structure like you would study in college where we're taking a theme we're building variations. We're trying to figure out where we want to go with that theme, and then we're writing it all down. And mm-hmm. so there's a lot of back and forth on just the the ideas of it. And then in the end, it's written down in music. And we have to write with the idea that what the robots are going to do is just what we tell them. And Hillary says an interesting thing all the time that I think is a really wonderful part of this. There's a very interesting boss-employee relationship between us and the robots because we built them, we wrote all the software that drives them, we write the music that goes into them, but once we hit go, they are <laughs> totally the boss. Like, we are employed by the robots from, from the beginning of the tune to the end. Well, Man Brand Radio is here on KLBJAM. We get Quentin Thomas Oliver in. Pony Trap is a band made of robots and humans playing stringed instruments, and it all comes together to, to create something that's 
really interesting and singular, which I'm guessing, you know, we talk with my clients, we talk a lot about differentiation. You know, it's it's the thing, if you're going to build a brand, you have to stand out from the pack. But with you guys, what pack are you standing out from? Or is it, uh, quick sidebar, I'm thinking about violins and cellos because they'll pop up in a in a rock song in a smashing pumpkins or in that one sure. string part of the led zeppelin rain song or whatever man right but when it's the central instrument but the musical style is really sort of this post-industrial i don't know it really is a kind of post-industrial thing i think we often call it industrial music for modern primitives exactly so it's so it's modern and there's this tribal primitive vibe going on as well and so yeah so just tell me i mean where does this connect in the modern world well again it always for me comes back to music starting with these kind of older instruments and and really starting with this idea of music that that's kind of just going to hit on a gut level you know there's not a lot of vocals in what we're doing we we sing a little bit here and there but not much and we're really just trying to connect on a sort of big heavy groove and a big internal level with people and i feel like it's a really nice thing where we have these classical instruments compared to the robots and we differentiate from everything but we're also just kind of combining the ideas and the the ways of being that we are in the world you know we've got these kind of organic sort of long roots back with history like we all have and then there's this just kind of ever pressing rolling locomotive of modern life coming at us that we're bringing with the robots and so we go to kind of maker fair kind of things sort of science mm-hmm. fair kind of mm-hmm. things and then what we bring to that is some artistic creativity that's not just a project it's like here's how you can make a project but here's how you can use it to do something you want to do in the world and then on the flip side you know we'll go play a show sometimes at a club with like band in front band in the middle and then us and are we a band i mean i you know i hope so and i hope again at the core that it's always music but we're also this thing you know and and that thing as i'm thinking of shows you guys did a great show at the state theater last year memory serves which was different if it's not playing at the mohawk between two bands that was your production very big multimedia brought in some some other players tell me what it's like staging an event of that magnitude A friend of mine said it best afterwards. He said, man, that was a lot of moving parts. There was a lot of stuff going on. And, you know, we had a a lot of visuals. We even actually had two sets of visuals that that were controlled and intermeshing with the music, you know, on time. And then we've got the music. And then we also have, this is a scripted show. So we've got a narrator, but the narrator is playing back and forth a little bit. A really talented guy named Chip Kikeline from We Are Blood Bays. And he's playing back and forth a little between being this kind of narrator character and performing some of the music with us and singing along. And mm-hmm. But fitting that all together was just a really fascinating thing. It took a good long while to find just the right kind of combination of tone in the text to tell a story and to intertwine it with the sort of music that we play. And again, to make it big enough to fill a space like that. What have you learned of the business of Pony Trap in the time you've been doing it? I think a big business lesson that I've learned, especially over the last year, things have really started to explode for Pony Trap since we started writing that show. There was a a kind of a big moment and building this big robot to do that show, which is now we have an icon Mm -hmm. that we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And first off, developing that iconography has put a mark on our brand that has changed things dramatically. And that surprised me. It Mm -hmm. wasn't even on purpose. Mm -hmm. That was the thing that got NPR's attention. That was the thing that got us into Esquire is one of the big things from last year. And that all led directly to a lot of the great things that happened to us this year. Mm -hmm. So 
as simple and straightforward as it seems, getting that icon was a big deal. So having a really kind of core picture of what we are has mattered a lot. And the other thing that I've learned a little bit sideways is if you've got a big impressive thing like that, as it draws people, that draws business. And that's mm-hmm. made it a lot easier to negotiate shows and negotiate fees and to mm-hmm. then move the kind of art project forward. But you haven't figured out how to get the robots across the country's borders yet. Is <laughs> <laughs> well, we're on the way. We got a box. Yeah. Packing the robots in any different way has always been a challenge from mm-hmm. day one when they were uh, yeah. a couple of toms and some hammers strapped to them to what they are now, which is a pretty complex operation. Packing has always been kind of a big deal and we just now got just the right box we've mm-hmm. got a uh, you know full-on airline container and we uh, spent a couple of days kind of developing our pack so we got them in a box that'll go mm-hmm. now we just have to figure out where they're gonna go where are they going i love it man quentin thomas oliver pony trap thanks for being my guest this morning on one man brand radio thank you ray it was great Listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. It's One Man Brand Radio here on News Radio KLBJ. One of my guests this morning is Ewan Spence. Great Twitter handle, by the way, at Ewan, at E W A N. I'm thinking there's other Ewans in the world who might give you a lot of money for that Twitter handle. Ah, uh, yeah, but I get to see all the things that Ewan McGregor doesn't want the public to see. <laughs> oh, the collections of <clears throat> that I have. <laughs> I love it. I love it. But at the it. same time, when you turn around and go Twitter, what, when somebody at an event like South Pie goes, how do I find you on Twitter? You say, Twitter.com slash Ewan. And they start looking up all the Ewan's. And which one are you? I said, no, Ewan. At Ewan. E-W-A-N. That's your Boom. Twitter handle. Yeah. That's a good one. And, and when did you get that? You must have got grabbed that early on. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, indeed. So it's so much early. I was, I was here at the South Pie before Twitter won South Pie, when it was you know, still... You're, yeah. a, you're in many ways the Cosmo Kramer of South by Southwest. You show up, you're always fun to hang out with, but I'm not entirely sure what you do or what you want to be when you grow <laughs> up. Is that a fair assessment of, of you and Spence? I, I will certainly take that last point of, of when I grew up. I haven't grown up yet. I'm, I'm allegedly born in 1974, but I couldn't tell you how old I am. Uh, what do I do? I do stuff on the internet. I, have a, I, I write for Forbes on a freelance basis, uh, mostly about technology, smartphones, social media, how that all interacts. And, and changes i have the, the eurovision song contest podcast a strong community it when you get to may everybody wants to hear about it the rest of the time it's a hardcore community of just like a thousand two thousand people mm-hmm. so there's two different hats there that allows me also to do white label publishing on radio so we have a radio syndication package that go out to half a million listeners that doesn't appear online but mm-hmm. if you're a local station or whatever and they go we want some eurovision stuff we just go there's the package for you. Okay, so now we're getting to the good stuff. Because One Man Brand Radio is not a music show. It's it's a it's the voice of the entrepreneur. And what's interesting about you is I get to know you a little better in the year that we first bumped into each other, quite literally, okay? And if, you know, hung out some last year, friends on Facebook, you, you know, I said, hey, man, you should come on my show. Yeah, listen to it a few times. So you're aware that I launched a show last yeah. August, right? Okay, good. But what's interesting to me is I think the lesson for the entrepreneur from you and Spence is how do you take what you love and sort of Frankenstein the various interests together into this sort of sculpture that cures the food rent problem? I think a lot of it is is, is the 80-20 rule. 
Most of my income comes from one job, and I'll be fair, that's writing for Forbes. Mm -hmm. That allows me a lot of spare time to work on other projects. Things like the Eurovision podcast, things like the Edinburgh Festival Fringe Mm -hmm. uh, and the coverage from that. They don't necessarily bring in huge amounts of money. But at the same point. But they build up CV points and stuff. So one thing cross-finances the other. And this is the collision of the hoodoo and the mojo. This is the collision of art and commerce. But your Forbes, it's not like you're putting on a tie and driving to the office five days a week, right? I've been to the office once. (laughs) They hired me in 2011. (laughs) (laughs) The only time I got to the office was because last year I decided on a whim that, you know what, if the Giants win this game, San Francisco Giants, they're going to be in the playoff against the Mets. I've got enough air miles. It's Sunday. I can be there for Tuesday evening at City Fields. I'll just cash it. At that point, it was just like, I'm, I'm just going to go to, to, to a wildcard game. Why not? It's on the other side of the Atlantic. Fair enough. But I said, I can pop into the Forbes office. That makes it a business expense. This is one-man brand radio. <laughs> News radio, KLBJ, you and Spence. The mighty Scottishman, Scotsman, the mighty Scotsman, the mighty Scotsman of South by Southwest, and you're actually officially uh, affiliated with them. I know you started coming 13 years ago, but yes. somewhere along, you're like on an advisory panel. Yeah, so too, on the right? advisory panel to help. Explain with what the, that means. What does that mean? Uh, they give me a whole list of panels and people that want to speak interactive. I rate and score them and say I like this one the best. I don't like this one. I can't vote on this one because my best friend's on it. And they take all those numbers and that makes up like 40 percent of the final score of the selection. So they've got like process. a panel picker. You're part of the panel yeah. picker. Probably. Process. Yes. I got you. Okay. Yeah, and then- so there's the public panel picker, and then there's the, the advisory panel, which is sort of a uh, sort of curated judges of Understood. really trust these guys. Mm-hmm. And then, of course, there's the magic sauce that the South by program team put on themselves. And, of course, the thing that we have to get certain superstars in. So there are times. And so, as South by Southwest, and, and as a guy who's been here since the late, you know, Austin native and was at the South by's in the late 80s, okay, and has had a chance to watch the permutations here and there through the years adding film adding interactive and now it's just this gigantic behemoth somewhere along the way south by southwest austin texas needs global experts for this global event yes uh because you have everything coming in so my first was 2005 now before that there was a big tech conference uh, that was run by the o'reilly publishers uh, emerging technology and, and it just, in that sort of cycle of things, it kind of died away. And then there were mumberings in 2004 of people saying, I'm doing the double. The and double. The, 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 what's the double? <laughs> oh, what's that? It said, like, they were doing e-tech and then going to South By. And at that point, South By Interactive had about 2,000 delegates. It was like you could get them all in Hall 1 at the ACC. And I'm like, that sounds fun. So the next year I went, I'm going to do the double. And then e-tech that year was really, really flat. It's just like, there's nothing here. Because everybody decided to go to Austin. And all of a sudden, South by it suddenly went, you know what? Interactive grew up just as the others were falling down. Right place, right time. Boom. It's One Man Brand Radio on KLBJ AM. You and Spence from Scotland. He's from Edinburgh. He's part of the extended South by Southwest family and my new best friend. He's in for South by this way. So you're a contributing writer. Contributing for, writer at Forbes. For Forbes. Okay, um, so let's talk. Technically, I'm not employed by Forbes. So if I libel anybody, it's on my head, not Forbes. Understood. But there again, I have a publish button. I don't have, I can talk to an editor, but I don't have a list of things that I have to write about. It's this, this. If you send an email to somebody, you're you and Spence with Forbes. I'm you and Spence and I'm writing for Forbes. Gotcha. But I'm not Forbes. I gotcha. Fair enough. All right. But at the same time, that gives me a huge amount of... Forbes basically said, look, you know this space better than we do. Just go write about it. Mm -hmm. 
And the ones that are able to were able to write about that got to stay and they got paid. Mm-hmm. And the ones that didn't, 30-day notice on the contract. Talk to me about what you're writing about these days for Forbes that would be of interest to my my listeners who are entrepreneurs, business owners, leaders, dreamers, and people out there of various stripe who want to become your own boss. I think the important thing to remember is that everything now is going through the mobile phone. And everybody has got an Android or an iPhone in their pocket. There's effectively no other competition. Those are the two platforms that have won. You can have companies that will explode, grow, and they will all be on the mobile screen. They'll never have a place on the desktop. And what you have to remember is your consumer is always connected to something. They only have a limited number of hours every day. You know, if they want to watch baseball, they take away three hours. You need to find time in their schedule to be seen. The only thing they've got with them all the time is the mobile phone. So for me, if you don't have mobile presence, if you aren't thinking mobile first, you are leaving a lot of customers on the table that you will never, ever reach. One Man Brand Radio with Ewan Spence. He writes for Forbes. He's part of the South by Southwest International Advisory Panel, and he's in town this week for the annual thing that we know and love. It's become the 800-pound gorilla. It's become influential largely past our city limits and it happens every uh, year it, it is a magnet for like-minded crazies like you and spence what is it that, about the festival that really keeps you coming back year after year i think it's the fact that partly it's that that you get people in and magic happens partly it's it's such a lovely creative recharge for my batteries I can go in and see what everybody else is doing. Now, I have to remember that everybody else is a swan, so I can only see the neck, and it's gorgeous and wonderful, and I can't see everything that they're paddling up <laughs> at the bottom of the creek. And, I, and, and when I look at what I do as a business, all I can see is all the dirt that's chucked up by the bottom of the creek. So there's a lot of swan necks yes, going dirt, on the side. The bottom. dirt. Yeah. Yes, the dirt. There's a lot of swan necks. But every single swan neck, I look at that and go, oh, I could... There's something that I can do there. There's, there's something I can do there. Or there's a course change. Or there's, I just come away with a whole list of ideas of things I want to try. And if there's 20 things on that list, I'll try three of them. And if one of them works for the rest of the year, it's just like that made some, that did something for me. I can't put a dollar number on it. But what I can say is that I wouldn't be able to do what I'm doing if I hadn't been at South by Southwest all these years. So... Partly it's talismanic, partly it's habit, but there's also something will happen. Man, thanks for being here. Thanks for, for being my guest this morning here on One Man Brand Radio. Certainly appreciate it and look forward to the festivities commencing directly for the South by Southwest Eurovision Jukebox Jury featuring One Man Brand Radio's Ray Segrin. How did that happen? I love it. We turned around and we said, what do you do in a queue <laughs> in Austin when it was raining? It, yeah, it's because I was in line at, for the Paramount in the rain, I think, to see a Wes Anderson movie. And we, alas, we weren't getting in, but... Uh, oh, we were close. We were so close. We were so close. But a great friendship, as is the way. At that South is by Southwest. That's connections. And that's how you get ahead. You make connections. And sometimes those connections are friends. Sometimes those connections are great experiences. And once in a while, you get connections that can build up your business. See, I'm going to loop it back for you. If you're a one-man brand... It starts with knowing many, many one-mans and one-womans. Mm-hmm. Probably much more sensible. That's what South By is. That's what business is. That's what life is. It is one-to-one connections. It is working out what I'm good at, what you're good at, where it crosses over. And somewhere in there, you have fun, you make profit, you pay the bills, you make the world a better place. We evolve and we get off the planet. 
Hi, I'm your specialist and Ray Sagar. It's One Man Brand Radio. Ray's going to be back with you in a second, but now, this. <laughs> You're listening to One Man Brand Radio with Ray Sagern on News Radio KLBJ. Now, here's Ray. One Man Brand Radio, News Radio KLBJ, radio magnate Steve Warden in with us this morning. From Delaware. Steve, what are we going to do to go change the world now? New business partner of mine, this extended fraternity, Wizard of Ads group. You're one of the new guys, but as new guys go, bringing a lot of experience to table radio. We've got a radio show here we need to to syndicate. Uh, We've got businesses to grow. Tell me what you want to do. I think it's about repackaging, Ray. You've got a great product, but... You need to break it down into uh, chunks that people can use. The Hour Show is great for people who want to run block programming. Mm -hmm. A podcast with no fixed time Mm -hmm. is great for Mm -hmm. people that are commuting, that Mm want to do the podcast. NPR has a six-minute B window that's Mm. tight. That would be a good market. For the kind of stuff that you're bringing to the table. One Man Brand Radio, my new best friend Steve Warden is in consulting the <laughs> consultant today. Consulting the radio man. Um, I'm supposed to be the radio man consultant, but, but I, you know, and the reason, here's the thing, man. The reason why they call it a blind spot is because why? You can't see it. And by you, I mean me, right? right exactly. So that's, what I, that's where we're at on One Man Brand Radio is sort of taking a look. I feel like we've done a very good job morphing through two or three different iterations. We've gone through a phase where it's like... Like bring the thought leader in. Mm-hmm. We've gone through the phase where it's let's take calls and uh, let entrepreneurs reach straight out. Here's my question, and we answer it and we riff on it. Just more standard talk mm-hmm. radio. And then we're kind of in a phase right now where it's devote the full show to the best entrepreneur, the most interesting person you can find. More almost of a hour of Q and A back and forth. And I feel deep in my loins, Steve, that we're about to morph into a fourth iteration that maybe Cherry picks a little bit of each of those mm-hmm. into something that we haven't done yet exactly the the way I kind of feel it coming together. Well, that's the format that the Naked Scientists use out of the University of Cambridge. They have a question of the week. They have an interview segment. Mm-hmm. They have the latest news. So they have brandable chunks mm-hmm. within their hour-long program. Radio Kingpin Steve Warden, our guest this morning here on One Man Brand Radio, showing me my blind. That's, that's what we say, you know, Wizard of Ads Group, one of our core philosophies is when you're inside the bottle, you can't read the ketchup label, right? Amen. And, and I kind of feel like at the eight-month mark, that's where I'm at with One Man Brand Radio. We've gotten great response here in Austin, but the goal was always to get it on, I don't have to be on 200 stations, but I'd like to be on 15 to 20 radio stations around the U.S., maybe Canada. So that's sort of where my head's at. Now, from your experience with the radio you've done on the East Coast, and you've had a chance to listen to the show as we mm-hmm. do it. Tell me, man, what do you think is the the next chapter? What What's the thing we should do that we're not seeing we should do? Well, your timing is really good because a lot of news stations are just coming on the air. The LPFM license window of 2013, those licensees are now building their stations and they're turning their transmitters on. They're looking for content. They'll take the full show. 
Mm-hmm. And I think your format of bringing in the best of and having these these segments is very smart because that allows you to get in the editing room, slice and dice, and come up with these other audio products. The good news is we got dozens of hours of mm-hmm. content already that we can chop up. Some of it has national appeal. A lot of it has very hyper-focused Austin mm-hmm. appeal. Like, uh, example, like I interviewed Lewis Black from the Austin Chronicle recently. He's also a founder of South by Southwest. He also has tr- terrifically deep roots to the history of independent film. Wow. When L- Leonard Malton was one of his childhood best friends, yeah. and he's really connected to guys like, like uh, you know, John Sayles and, 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 and just that whole scene from the 80s and 90s. Obviously, that, ha- that has Austin appeal, but that has right. a little bit of national oh, appeal yeah. because South by Southwest, Certainly. because of the film connections. But then also, you know, I've got interviews that are just going to have Austin appeal and don't intrinsically have national appeal. We've interviewed thought leaders. That has national appeal. Mm-hmm. What I'm looking to do to have my cake and eat it, too, is how can I create something where maybe the first half of the show, the first 30 minutes, has more broad-based national appeal, but then we could do something hyper-local in the second, the third or four segments or the second half of the show where we really tether to the specific communities we aim to serve. What a br- brilliant idea. How bright is that? It's a lot of work. <laughs> it is. Uh, who's going to do your editing? That's yeah. the question, because yeah. that is that is real work. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Give me just a little bit of your background with what you've got going on. This LPFM, mm-hmm. the thing, I know you've been very active in it, which is low power FM radio, yes, right? Yes, it is. Community. And, and community it, radio. It's community radio. And, and what's interesting is, now, I'm fortunate my flagship station here, KLBJ, the proud letters of that great Texas president, those iconic initials in the calls, right, yeah. uh, is always going to be job one. Right, Certainly. and I'm blessed that KLBJ was family owned and then owned by one of what I believe Emmis. You know, I'm not it's just a, waxing anybody's car. One of the really forward thinking companies in radio, where a lot of these other companies are going to hit the debt iceberg, mm. and there's this whole kind of weird unknown chapter next. I'm glad to have the stability there, but there's also an instability with some other companies mm-hmm. that are that are kind of rumbling out there that mm. could, in the same way as the LPFM movement of 2013 is now kind of coming to manifest. There could be this whole next chapter. Tell me a little bit about your thoughts. Well, first, give me your experience of, of where you've been. What, what kind of radio have you been doing? Uh, well, let me just say your slot at KLBJ is great. You kick off that Saturday, that and that, that positioning is excellent for your show. I think that's a very good place to be. As far as what we've been doing in community radio, that's a lot like the local segments, the hyper-local segments that you were talking about, focused on Austin. Mm -hmm. We're focused on Newark, Delaware. We have the mayor come on. We have our state representative. I do not give them time. They have a very tight one-page guideline for content production that they must stick to. Their segments are four minutes to seven minutes long, no longer than that. Trust me, if you leave the mic open, they'll fill the time. Mm -hmm. They only get a few minutes. They have to be tight. Mm-hmm. We get into the thing, say the thing, and get out of the thing. We use the same bumper music, the same bed music, the same outro. Audio has that Pavlovian response. So we ring the bell the same way for those same kinds of segments. Mm-hmm. So getting people to come on the air has been relatively easy. I'm a lifelong resident of Newark. And so getting the material into the can before we edit it has not really been a, a struggle. We have a partnership with the University of Delaware. They have six studios in the basement of Morris Library. We have full access to those. They're very nice prosumer Mm -hmm. studios. Mm -hmm. Uh, We invite people in. Our next major capital project is a, uh, a Ford Transit van, the tall one, with the extended wheelbase 
that's a mobile recording studio. And mm -hmm. in this beautiful space that we're at here recording this segment, mm -hmm. well, just picture that with wheels around it. I love it, man. I love the entrepreneurial spirit mm -hmm. that you're bringing to this new space. You were present in the room um, this week here in Austin at a Wizard Academy where I gave a wow. presentation. And uh, well, obviously, we love Wizard Academy, you know. And you know what? You heard me banging the drum for oh, yeah. what I believe deep in my heart is that the the world is better with more people with a seat at the table. I believe mm -hmm. it's true in the economy. I believe it's true in politics. And I definitely believe it's true in media. I agree. So you're doing great work out there. But tell me, so where are we headed with all this thing? What's the what's the, what do you, what's radio going to look like five years from now, 10 years from now? Well, I agree with uh, with Paul Jacobs and, and, and Fred Jacobs. I think that spoken word is going to have a greater and greater component. And I'm not talking about talk radio. In fact, we've registered this trademark. Radio Newark is listen radio, not talk radio. Mm. Another one is science, but not the boring kind. Mm -hmm. If you Google science radio station, we're the first or second listing. The first is often science360.gov, which is a $4 billion operation. Our budget's a little less than that, but it's spoken word it's intelligent content it's people who have real things to say it's not sophomoric it's not your breakfast show no kazoos and slide whistles not, not too much but you know we throw in enough weird stuff to yeah. you know it, it is not boring and i i think that's where a big piece of radio is going to go there's always going to be music that's pure entertainment the radio in the corner of the office playing the latest and greatest that's always going to be there because people can't innovate, you know. Right. But the innovators are going to drag this thing towards spoken word. And a lot of people's opinions, not just mine. This One Man Brand Radio, thanks to our guest, Steve Warden, for being our guest this morning. Steve, thanks for being here on One Man Brand Radio. Radio Newark, 99.9 WIZU, the oh. science station. But wait, wait, wait. Is there a URL that my Austin listeners can find that? Sure, radionewark.org. Click the Listen Now button awesome time here but i appreciate you making some time for us here this morning on one man brand radio i want to thank my producers deanna vaughn and jack anderson monica ballard get any feedback you can hit me up ray at sagarin.com or find me on twitter and instagram and we'll catch you back here next saturday morning for another edition of one man brand radio here on news radio klbj